and welcome to Ghostwriter Podcast. I'm your host, Corinne Prevost, and you need to buckle up because we are about to get on the Ramona Coaster, Life on the Ramona Coaster by Ramona Singer. Today is the very, very, very pregnant, about to give birth at my kitchen table, Alex. Hi, Alex. Hi, good morning. Good morning. Ramona's mom was a Hungarian refugee who fled Budapest when it was being bombed, and she met Ramona's father at a Polish polka dance. Have you ever been to a Polish polka dance? No. <laughs> only, only in my TV watching have I ever been. Where, where have you seen a Polish polka dance on TV? There's like a whole movie about like this guy who exports Polish polka dancing people. I don't know that there's too many of those here in Orange County, but they met at a Polish polka dance, hard to say, in New York. And her mom was a homemaker, and her dad was an IBM engineer. IBM is up there, aren't they? Yeah, that's where I work. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Did you see... um, Antoc, New York, is the headquarters. That's where we have the compound is up there. Oh, okay. Did you see Queen of Versailles? That documentary, it's about the guy who owns, um, what is that, the big timeshare company, Gate? uh, Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. So she worked at IBM, and then she said that somebody in the cubicle next to her had a ticker on their computer home screen, and they were like, oh, Um, she's like, what's that? And they said, it's counting down the hours or days or whatever until I can retire. And then she said, I'm not going to work here anymore because I don't want to live a life where I just want to. It's uh, where I'm waiting to live my life in 20 years from now. So then she decided to become a model and move to New York. Oh. Is that what you're going to transition into? <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I feel like my body type would be perfect. You're very attractive. You could do a pee in the pod. You could do a, doesn't like Heidi Klum have a maternity line or some, someone, I guess she's probably would be the model for that. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah, I don't look like Heidi Klum looked pregnant. I, I look like Shrek. No, you didn't. <laughs> Just, I, who knows? Anyway. Wait, back so, to the Ramona Coaster. Okay, back to the Ramona Coaster. I found it very interesting. I thought her mother was a bitch. And I understand her mm. a lot better from this book. Me too. I was... I, I get her. I love this book, and I was having a lot of compassion for Ramona, and I was like, what's happening? So when Ramona was four, she saw her mom sprinting from her dad with a bloody face, and she witnessed her dad hit her mom for the first time. I mean, that is really traumatizing at four years old. Ramona had three younger siblings. She was the eldest of four kids. She would hide her siblings upstairs with her da- and her- when her dad would abuse her mom. Okay. Her mom would leave her dad for short periods of time, but always would end up coming back to him. And then uh, Ramona's dad started verbally abusing her, and when Ramona had enough, she pulled a knife on her dad and threatened to slice his throat. I was like, okay, Ramona. I wasn't surprised. You weren't surprised? Okay. Look at how she behaves. Like, I could see her pulling a knife on Bethany sometimes. I've never gotten a knife pulled on me, nor have I ever pulled a knife on anyone. That takes, like, balls to pull a knife on someone. Yeah. I feel like I get her, like, desire for conflict. Okay. It's normal. I, yeah, like like if you get into psychobabble, that's her comfortable place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is to be <clears throat> in that kind of turmoil and conflict. I know a lot other. of people like that. Yeah, like if they don't like everything to be okay. No, it's it's <laughs> harmony really, is like they're allergic to it. Yeah, well, because it's not like because of the way she grew up, mm-hmm. like having that conflict and having that almost it's like borderline hatred. I would say with a person is. 
like you're her comfortable because if, if you don't have that you, that's you're just having anxiety because you're waiting for the next time because like when her dad's being nice she's like okay okay like when is it gonna go bad again so you're I read this thing that a lot of because you know how everyone is loving true crime and the true crime genre is blowing up yeah well um one girl in one of my Facebook groups said that her therapist said the reason that a lot of people who suffer from anxiety like true crime is because the bad thing already happened like they're because anxiety is so much waiting for the other shoe to drop or waiting for something that negative thing to happen so it's like okay it already happened so like we don't have to worry about something happening I don't know but I was like that makes a lot of sense because I we talked about this like what is it catastrophic thinking where you're just like because sometimes I'm like why is everything going so good like what's going to happen like no one can be this lucky like why you know like why you know we have our health and we have you know yeah so anyway I found that really interesting that because with the true crime that uh, the therapist said that it's because it already happened. Well, yeah. What is the thing looking forward is anxiety. Looking past is depression. Being oh. present is like where you can be in the happiest place. Okay. That's like... Wait. Looking forward is anxiety. anxiety. Looking bad, depression. Back. Yeah. And present is happiness. Yeah. I like that. Okay. That, um, it, took, <clears throat> it took like probably hundreds of thousands of dollars of therapy to get <laughs> to tell me that. <laughs> so... Okay. Feel free to Venmo me laughing. Okay. Um, oh, send me a request. After, so we had to, this is like how close, I know, I know. So this is how close Alex and I are. We like, you know how they have at the gap, they have underpants, like it's four for $30. We went have these because she only needed two pairs. And she's like, I'll pay you later. I'm like, but I, I didn't. I requested the money via Venmo. I was trying to get some free knickers. Anyway, so that's when you know you have a true friendship, guys, when you can go have these on a four for $30 at the Gap <laughs> underpants. Okay. Um, after, oh, so anyway, after Ramona, we need to focus on Ramona. After Ramona yeah. pulling a knife on her dad, Ramona realizes that she has to be her own advocate and protector and that no one's going to stand up for her. All right, Ramona's unfiltered personality was shaped by her dysfunctional childhood. Her father verbally and physically abused her mother, which we know. After her mother passed away, her and her father grew apart. Years passed, then she decided to invite him for Christmas, and it was like the one time they actually had a pretty good interaction and got along. Do you think the shrimp had much to, <laughs> Like, what do you think the shrimp's role in all of that was? Okay, so her dad requested colossal shrimp, which I don't even know what that Me is. Either. But they're, it's... I don't know. Anyway, so her dad insisted that they need to have this specific type of shrimp, even though she had already gone shopping and bought everything that she needed to buy for the dinner. So she had to go all over town and get this shrimp. And he's like, they have to be fried and two have to be on each plate. You know, it's kind of like you were barely invited here, motherfucker. And now you're over here calling the shots and have me going on a wild goose chase all over the Hamptons and the snow looking for this weird, you know, specific seafood. Um, I don't know that it was like two pages dedicated to the shrimp. I know. I think it was like he still, even though she was successful and happy and had a good family, he still wanted to like stick it to her a little bit and like control her a little bit, like a control thing. I don't. Do know. your parents try to pull stuff like that? Like, oh yeah, I was like, it was like reading my like, life story. I was like, I was life like, on the Alex Coaster. Like, I know, poor Daryl. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you know, I feel like every, I don't know anyone that's, when the holidays rolls around, roll Mm -hmm. around, 
are like, oh my god, I'm going to get to spend so much time with my family. <laughs> it's going to be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And and so I, I, I didn't feel like she was that special reading that. About, okay. like, the shrimp and, like, everybody's family pulls that crap. Whether it's your parents. I think Your so. sibling, a cousin. Yeah. Like, there's always someone that behaves that way. I think so, but I think the little difference is that, you know, when you are barely invited to something, like, let's say, you know, like, you're, you're like guest- your house. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. No, but you know when you're, like, a guest of a guest, or, like, let's say your sister took you to her your brother-in-law's cousin's house. You yeah. know, like, you're barely invited type of thing. That's not really the opportunity to start trying to call the shots. And I feel like he was barely invited to her house. They hadn't really spoken in years, and she's finally going to be like, okay, Dad, you can come over. And, you know, sometimes when you just are getting back in, you, sh- you shouldn't be a little uncomfortable. Familiarity breeds contempt. When people get too comfortable is when things go down. And that's why when people say, like, oh, you're like family, or, you know, we're like sisters, whatever. I'm like, no, do you know, like... None of my friends would be friends with me if I spoke to them the way I spoke to my family. Like, I couldn't talk to you the way I talked to my husband. You would be done. I mean, like, could you talk to me the way you talked to Daryl and we could keep being... I don't... Yeah. I feel like I I do talk to you the way that I talk to Daryl. Okay. Maybe you have a different type of relationship. No, but... Clearly. The way you fight with your family is you couldn't... You guys, you have a basis of love there that you can come back from that you don't with like someone at work or so, or a friend even. Yeah, you're genetically related. Yeah, so even though you like could hit your sister in the face or something when you were, you know, like yeah. when you were little, you can come back from that. But if some like girl at school hit you in the face, probably not going to come back from yeah. that. Yeah, that's what I mean. You know, I suppose. Uh, it, my, you know, we treat I, strangers better than we treat our family. I don't know. Like my father was barely invited to Thanksgiving, and he's still. Yeah, that's true. That's, very, that's, that's <laughs> so fully accurate. Yeah, and, and he, he still showed his ass. Yeah, he acted the same way as her father. And I, I look at it, and I'm like, and maybe it's you do have a lot of similarities to Ramona. I, well, and maybe it's my narcissism. I'm like. Everybody's got this going on. Uh-huh. Like, and I think to a certain degree, everyone does have this going on. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she thinks she's some kind of special victim oh. is a bit of a stretch. Okay. I'm like, I don't feel like your story is, while it's disturbing, but a lot of things you do are disturbing. Tony Robbins says your history is not your biography. Oh, that's interesting. I like Which that. I think is true. Okay, so... Well, I don't know if that's factually true. How what biographies have you read where it wasn't the person's history? No, but I mean, <laughs> but I mean, like you can't say like my mom never came to my soccer games. Right. And that's why my, I'm 50 and this isn't happening for me. Like that doesn't. These things did happen to you, and you know everyone's had something, even from the lowest level, right. whatever, to horrible things, and but that we all have to move past that and like decide to say, okay, this did happen. However, that's not an excuse for me to treat everyone horribly or to, it's not an excuse for everything. I don't, I, in my opinion, don't perceive Ramona to approach life that way. Mm -hmm. I think the reason she wrote this book is because she wants to make it known or an excuse that she had this difficult upbringing, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's why she behaves the way that she does. Oh my God. Remember when she was in the woods with Carol and she had that whole freak out in the woods and 
Carol thought something was really going on with her. Like she's like, oh, this just re- I don't like being here. They're in the Berkshires. Like this just reminds me of being with my my family and like issues that I had. And we used to make mud pies. And then Carol's like, oh my god. And she's like, I gotta go. And then she has like a <laughs> private plane come pick her up. <laughs> so it's just like, what is the real like issue? And then what is just the bullshit? Like right. where or are they are they just so intertwined that she can't see the difference between the two of them? I just feel like she's always the victim. Like okay. it's always on her. I'll let you get back to it. Okay. So, well, oh, so I thought this was funny. So while describing her visit, her dad visiting for Christmas, she's like name checking everything. She's like, as I stood on my Viking stove. I know. She's like, as he zipped up my Michael Kors gold bandage dress. And I'm like, I love it. You're making sure. It reminds me of all those like chiclet novels that aren't as popular now, but um, like Candace Bushnell wrote a bunch and what were the other ones? But they always were like, I slept, I slipped on my Jimmy Choo and both, yeah. you know, and every, there was always like, and every page had like four luxury brands. That was very yeah. early 2000s coming off of Sex in the City where, yeah. and I was like, ooh, 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 you know, I loved it. Okay. So, and shook her dad, oh, this is funny. Shook her dad to her friend's house for dinner one night, and he was so rude and insulting to the guest that the Ramona lost the guest, the, they, the they stopped being friends with her, and I was like, who, the mm-hmm. apple doesn't fall too damn far from that tree. And, but I'm like, you set yourself up. What the fuck? Why are you taking him on tour? He's not ready to go. (laughs) What did you think was going to happen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you got to think about your brand when you're going out to social functions and you can't be bringing folks that are acting like wackadoodle dudes. I'm like, do you not know that you come from trash? (laughs) (laughs) He was an IBM engineer. No, it doesn't matter. I mean, you're trash if you hit your wife. Maybe it's because I work at IBM. You're like, exactly. (laughs) Totally no, true. No. no, those people are smart cookies. Okay. You can be smart and horrible. They're um, not. They're good people. So then Ramona ended up moving to New York to go to FIT. And after working as a buyer for a bunch of luxury brands, a brand I think was going out of business and wanted Ramona to liquidate some of the merchandise. And she was so good at it that she ended up leaving the luxury space and started to um, started RMS Fashions, where basically she just sold excess inventory to TJ Maxx and Home Goods and Marshalls. Speaking of which, I'm obsessed with the new Marshalls and Elisa Viejo. Have you been? <laughs> I've been. I'm not. I've been like eleven ladies. times. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. I. It, it explains a lot, though, about her attire. Oh, because that's because she's putting Barbara over the coals this week, saying that Barbara only wears wrap dresses and doesn't know how to work, doesn't know how to dress. And I'm like, Ramona was wearing like a, a blue satin strapless gown for like four seasons. So Has like, she ever been to the Diane von Fostenberg store? Like, wrap dresses yeah. are, like, a thing. Yeah. A, like, a high-end thing. But she says that Barbara needs to mix it up. I don't know. Whatever. All Barbara right. is, <clears throat> like... I don't... I don't... Let's talk about Barbara yeah. for a minute. Okay, I think Barbara is the right choice. She slips in. Like, I feel like she knows these people. It feels natural. And that's... All the shows that don't do well or aren't very entertaining right now, it's because, like, Orange County. These women live so far from each other, and they don't circulate in the same social group. So it doesn't make sense. Like... Even in Laguna, I mean, in Laguna, we all hang out. Yeah. But even if you have a friend in Irvine, and I know you, like, in friends in different areas, even though it's 20 minutes, it's, you have to plan to see them. Yeah. Where we all, like, in our parents' group and everything, we just run into each other all the time. Right. Like, you'll just be sitting at a restaurant or getting a coffee or at the beach, and I nonstop run into people. So, or like, at we the really are. grocery store looking like shit. That yeah. happens to me all the time. We have the same grocery store <laughs> as David Bedore. T- turns out they're renting that house, that $15 million house she was bragging about on, um, uh, at Walmart, remember when she got in trouble? David Bauer's fiance. Yeah, in Laguna. 
Um, yeah, because she's like, I, because the Walmart person's like, can I see your receipt when she's leaving? And she's like, I live in a $15 million house in Laguna. I don't need, you know, to steal from Walmart. If you live in a $15 million house, have you heard of Amazon? Or like, <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, like, well, I barely go to Walmart, and I do not, this is not a $15 million house. Yeah, my husband's from Pegram, Tennessee, and we don't go to Walmart. That's yeah, like that's like their, home. yeah, that's like... That's headquarters over there. Yeah. All right. Um, so she bought her Hamptons house with money that she made before the marriage, but she was already married to Mario. And the house was only $895,000. That is so cheap for that size of a house and in that lot in the Hamptons. Yeah, but like... It was a long time ago. Uh, yeah, that's how... 7,000 square feet, this house. And Mario always called it her house and like kind of saw it as hers. But which I feel like, I feel like that's, that's a, the first problem. No, I think that's... But she didn't buy it before him. She bought it while they were married. I know. It's community property, technically. Yeah. But, like, I feel like that's a strong and good attribute in a man. To, like, mm-hmm. be like, this is her house. She did the work to get this house. Mm-hmm. And, like, it belongs to her. And it's something okay, that it's she okay. perceives as, like, a mm-hmm. medal of her success. Like, this is something... Yeah. I worked really hard for, I always wanted. You look at kind of socioeconomics of how she grew up. Okay, that's And like, it's a bit of a... Her mom couldn't leave because she didn't have money, so she never, ever, ever wanted to be in that position where she had to stay with somebody, you know, that was hurting her verbally or physically because, yeah, it totally makes sense. But I kind of thought like maybe that's like the first crack because just a little bit of jealousy and a little bit of... I think the first crack was that he was 10 times hotter than her. Oh. Crack one. Okay. All right. Crack one. And then at, she said, at first, Mario wasn't threatened by her by her success. He was super proud of her. Um, according to Ramona, you can renew yourself at any age, and it's never too late to experience true renewal. You guys, huh. it is too late to experience true renewal because it doesn't exist anymore. It does. Botox is real. No. <laughs> but no, the true renewal brand doesn't exist. And she has Ageless by Ramona now, which I'm like, what are we doing? Just, is this just like, did we just get new labels that we're slapping on the true renewal? What happened to the true renewal skincare? Well, so we live in a place where like, <laughs> business you, is just. No, but like if you shoot yourself up with chemicals. And make yourself look younger. Yeah. You can renew yourself back to 25. I know. That's what I'm going to start working on. <laughs> do not do that. It doesn't make you actually 25. Maybe emotionally she's 25. Mm-hmm. What, are, what age emotionally are you? Oh, that's a good question. I'm, I'm not this age. I can't believe the responsibilities I have sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'm going to think on that. I'm like a 30. 30? I'm a 29, 30. Is how I feel. I'm definitely not in my 20s. Because I was just a hot mess then. Especially because I don't drink anymore. Um, because I don't drink anymore, I feel You've like... you aged? Yeah, I feel like, I'm like, <laughs> I feel like I'm like a 45 sometimes. Okay. Which I'm far in real life from 45. You're super... I always forget you're younger than me. Yeah, I'm like 34 in real life. <sighs> I mean, there, there's nothing you can do to change that. We'll, we'll to... see. We'll <laughs> see. Maybe you renew yourself. <laughs> okay, I'm going to renew myself down. Okay, so uh, her doctor, Sharon Geis, her plastic surgeon, suggested her for the show. They had been trying to track Ramona down, I guess. Okay, so like someone else like did a little video, whatever, for the mm-hmm. show, and Ramona was in the back. Jill did. Jill Zara. Jill, yeah, yeah. But um, I don't know if this is from Jill's video or not, but she was in the background, and the producers were like, who's that woman? Who's that woman? 
I don't know if that's and Wanderer. true. And um, I actually heard, I feel like I read that in another book, like Andy Cohen's book or something, oh. or I saw that on like Secrets Revealed. I feel like that is true, and they were trying to find Ramona. And um, I mean, she's a wackadoodle dude, like they want her on the show. And um, they were trying to find her, but like, and they asked Jill, and Jill knew exactly who she was. Jill's like, I don't know, I don't know, because Jill I didn't see want that. I can totally show. see that. Which A, I find amazing that that if that happened, that that happened, and B, I find amazing that she feels that that is very important to put in the book. <laughs> she's like not moved past this. No. Okay. So okay, and she probably loves that she's still on there and Jill isn't. Okay. So according to Ramona, but Jill's coming back. No. Uh, like I think just to peek in, like uh, like she did before when Bobby died and when um, uh, the Countess got married. So according to Ramona, when they started filming Real Housewives of New York, Ramona was happily married, had a seven-figure business, and Avery was 12 years old. Ramona wanted the first season of the show to be successful. She had known Jill for years and saw her as a whiny, materialistic Long Islander. I mean, she is like... Was it like looking in the mirror? Going in. Oh, she's a upstate New Yorker, I guess. Yeah. Um, she acted out season one to make sure the show was good. And I'm like, you acted out season one. I like season... The first seasons of all these shows are just really, like, more documentary style. It's not about all this conflict. And, like, now there is so much conflict. So I'm like, okay, you act that season one. What's your excuse for the other yeah, 11 seasons? Well, this book is the what it's the excuses. Ramona thinks her and Bethany are very similar. They both grew up in total dysfunction. They're oh, both... she cannot <laughs> compare her shit to Bethany's. And then... Um, they're both street smart and self-made, and they both became got married and became moms in their late thirties. Yeah, except Bethany like created a product that sells, I think, all over the world, but definitely North America, and sold it to what Jim Beam for like hundreds of millions of dollars. Cover of Forbes, like. Well, I mean, Bethany, I think she means like their past. I suppose Bethany's like the Waldorf, and she's like the Marriott Courtyard. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Ramona <laughs> thinks Jill and Bethany ended because Bethany got offered her own show and Jill was jealous. Ramona says, uh, Jill, oh, this is like really interesting. Ramona says that Jill rarely drank on the show. And I remember we were talking about this, maybe you and I or someone else, but of which housewives don't drink alcohol of everyone. And the only one I could think of is Kim Richards, who's like sober. <laughs> but she does. Uh, yeah. <laughs> she quote unquote doesn't, yeah. but she does. I think there's periods of time where she doesn't. I don't know what she's doing right now. <laughs> Hope you're doing welcome, Richards. Um, I know, but if you look Jill at her, always drinks like... Diet Coke. And like Candy Burris doesn't drink a lot. Like she'll have like one, she's like a one drink kind of person. But Jill's the only person I remember like, I don't know if we've ever seen her drink alcohol on the show. That's a good That's question. A good, that could be one of our trivia. Question. Yeah. Yes. Okay. We need to do that again. We do. Um, okay, so she, so Ramona says Jill rarely drank on the show, and that she's heard that Jill had substance abuse problems in the past. I can see that. Really? Yeah. That I would be very surprised because Jill says that she doesn't drink because she just likes to be in control, which I see that. And also, like Jill, I think Jill is she is not boring. Even you know, oh, no. uh, like even though with, I don't think she needs to drink to be interesting. I feel the same way about myself. <laughs> I feel that I way about you. You're I feel that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that's funny. Do <laughs> yourself. I'm okay. No. <laughs> You're so funny. Okay. 
And that uh, uh, Ramona believed that Jill was jealous of all of her success with all her businesses. She calls it jealousy. Okay. I mean, she's really like taking Jill to task on this. I'm like, yeah. is this a book about Jill or is this a book about... Yeah, everything that happened to you is way worse than having your bu- your husband die of cancer oh my God. in a public eye. Jill asked her not to film with Bethany, which Jill eventually admitted to at the reunion. I remember that when it was like, I think it was like Jill's last reunion. When Kelly came on, Bethany and, and her had an immediate, had immediate friction. Kelly was a socialite it girl and Bethany was a scrappy self-made street urchin. I mean, street urchin. Those are Ramona's words, not mine. I mean, that is like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, she was like friends with Tommy Hilfiger. So like she had done a lot of things. She had been in a movie. I don't, Street urchin. Well, First of all, who even uses that terminology? Well, me now. That's a great like way to describe. Listen, street urchin. <laughs> We're not gonna. There are some people I know that. I need to stop banging everything because this is not good for sound. Sorry, guys. <clears throat> all right. So, Scary Island. So Kelly's Scary Island breakdown was way worse than what they showed on TV. Um, and they said they had called Jill and been like, Jill, you need to like be at the airport to pick Kelly up when she lands, and then. Even though Jill got that call, she just, like, showed up to be, like, surprise, whatever. So they were, like, that's why they were so upset because they had asked her to be there for her friend Kelly. And then instead she's like, wants to be on TV and shows up to do this whole surprise. So that is, like, the backstory. <clears throat> Excuse me. The backstory of why they all kind of reacted the way that they did. Anyway. Yeah. Ramona's businesses. True Faith Jewelry. She had an HSN jewelry line. And well, then, that's Mario's business, isn't it? No. His was, like, trophies. But he had, I thought, like... She made the jewelry, I think, like, through his thing. I think he made trophies. Some website. Can you look it up? I just, like... And her Pinot Grigio. Ramona says she is to Pinot Grigio what Popeye is to spinach. (laughs) Talk about, like, like copycat. And that explains some of her, like, issues with Bethany. Yes. like, the -hmm. reason she got into booze is because Bethany made a hell of a lot of money. And, was and a lot co- of people have gotten into booze since that. Yeah, and was on the cover of Forbes and yeah. is acclaimed. Like, I look at her, like, as an incredibly successful businesswoman. And, like, what what an amazing thing she did. What an amazing thing she did. Yeah. And the fact that Louie-Anne, like, I don't know, has, like, tries to take claim to, like, her success. Oh. Is so offensive. But That's a very confusing to me, that yeah. whole thing. All right. Well, I've seen <clears throat> the footage of that. Have you? Where Bethany just says it. Wait, does she give her the name or not? Like, they're sitting at the table, yeah. and the waiter comes over. Bethany orders a margarita and says, you know, blah, 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 blah whatever. Yeah. This is how I want it made. And then and Luann's like, oh, what, what kind of, what is that? And um, she's like, oh, you know, it's like a without well, sugar or whatever. Yeah. And then does Luann say like a skinny girl? I, we gotta look at the footage, but right. I believe she does. And it was like they, whenever you invent <clears throat> something, there's a moment that's like a stroke of Eureka. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but there's like <clears throat> a smoke, it's a moment of a streak of brilliance. Basically, yeah. it has, I don't know, it has an actual formal name, and I believe that she had that with Luann. You know, like Luann was present yeah, during yeah. that moment. And so she tries to take credit for it, which is a bit ridiculous and not really an indication of a true friend. Yeah. Right? I mean, here's the thing. I have a lot of great ideas, but do I do anything with them? No, I don't. So, like, <laughs> it's one thing. Like, <laughs> I'm saying, like, it's one thing to everyone, 
right. you know, like a lot of people have ideas, but like a lot of people aren't willing to like sell their home and live off their savings right. and like be an entrepreneur for two years. And like, there's one girl I remember on Shark Tank that her and her twin brother made a popcorn, like that popcorn or something. And they lived in a walk-in closet, like they <laughs> at their friend's house. And I was like, no, like I'm not willing to do that. Like I don't have what it takes to be an entrepreneur. Like I want insurance and a 401k. I don't want to live in a closet, you know? So that is that true grit where you're like, I'm willing to do anything. I'm willing to work. 16 hours a day. I'm right. willing to not go on vacation for years and just focus on this business. Do that. So anyway, yes, ideas, ideas, ideas. They're great, but like, right, flying all over the country. She, like, she's the one sitting in the store where no one's coming around trying to hand out muffins, trying to get people to try her alcohol, spending the money on ads and marketing. So anyway, her alcohol. It's a big difference. You up. Back in the day, I don't, I don't mess with that bo- stuff. I used to down bottles of that stuff. Of the margarita one. Yeah. It's becoming harder to find. My one Skinny Girl product that I will never give up, and I buy it in bulk from Amazon, and I love it. That's Alex crunching on her bagel, um, is the popcorn. The sea salt and lime popcorn. And it's so funny because it's like, oh, it's low calorie, but like the bag is like that. (laughs) No, I know. I'm like, well, it's just the same. It's, you know, whatever. Anyway. What if I make five of them? Yeah. (laughs) It's packaged by like... Redenbach, Urbanbach, or whatever. Anyway, yeah. it's packaged by someone else. Anyway, so when Avery left for college, uh, her, her marriage started to fall apart. Ramona's friend told her told her that when men walk the dog for long stretches of time, it's because they're talking to their girlfriends. Okay, mm. so I heard on a podcast that these are the three Is things. Is that why you got rid of the dog? I was just going to say that. <laughs> okay, so I heard on a podcast that the three things are, like, if you, signs that your husband's cheating on you are that he goes, like, for long runs in the morning because that means he's like running to her house to have sex with her. Okay. That he like always wants to walk the dog like morning and night. Cause that's when he's calling her. And then the other one is that he wants to like, Oh, start doing triathlons and get in shape. And also, um, he wants to like get new clothes so he can look cute. Okay. When I heard that, I was like, Holy shit. My husband has met yeah. someone. <laughs> I was, as you were saying that, I was like, that sounds like Jake, I but <clears throat> I don't think Jake's. No, that's we got rid of the dog, so they can't talk on the phone. So we're getting we're it's little by little, and You're I'm gonna break to... his leg so he can't run. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and I was yeah. The other I'm day gonna I burn all like, his clothes. And the other day I'm like, does does Jake want to do a triathlon with me after <laughs> I have this baby? Because <laughs> that's what I do after I have babies. Oh my god. Um, but I just thought that was interesting. Okay, and then Ramona's other friend took her for a walk and told her that Mario was seeing someone else. And at this point, they were still in therapy trying to work it out. So it was kind of interesting because they, like, broke up, got back together, tried to work it out. He was going to break it off with a girl, not break it out. It was a long period of time. So I remember that time when Ramona was at the reunion and Andy was asking her about, you know, who she's sleeping with or what's going on. And she got all upset. And it was because, you know, I guess Mario was, like, kind of dangling her along, like, come on, we're going to work it out. Don't ruin my name any more than it's already ruined. Don't talk about me. When I was in New York, I thought I saw him with, like, two girls, one other guy, in the Four Seasons. Really? Yeah. That's where Bethany got married and peed in a bucket. I used to like drinking there. They really? had really great martinis. I've never even stepped foot in the Four Seasons in New York. Did you live there? Uh-huh. Well, I don't know what to tell you. Been, we'd go to the Pierre. No, I'm just kidding. But we did, <laughs> did go to the Pierre. I saw Woody Allen play the clarinet there. Did you really? Yeah, it was really good. A woman texted Ramona telling her she was sleeping with Mario and that she was paying for the apartment. Or that, I'm sorry. Sorry. A woman texted Ramona saying, oh yeah, I'm sleeping with your husband in the apartment that I live in that he pays for. 
So I'm curious this how their is, whole finances are. Yeah, this is like why with my husband. Yeah, like I have eyes on all the money, even yeah. the business money. Like yeah. I can see it. Mm-hmm. But it's also because I set up the S corp. I don't think that uh, your husband would want to like waste that kind of money. I don't know. Jake says he can barely afford us, and that we are always asking for new shit. <laughs> I was kidding. <laughs> no, but but um, I don't think. That's a lot of money. Yeah, but he runs it through the business. He gets tax benefits. I'm sure Mario did the same thing. Oh, my God. Okay, then that woman, or another woman, I don't know, it's unclear if he's who he's cheating with, told Mario to give her, give her money or she was going to go to the press and, like, tell them everything. Um, oh. I know. So Avery, the daughter, always saw Mario as a moral Christian, God-fearing man who, like, made her go to church and everything. Oh, my God. He's Italian Catholic. Give me a break. So then Mario moves out. They're still talking, and Ramona suggests, you know what, let's go to the Hamptons together this weekend and just, like, try and talk things out, see if we can work things out, and or whatever we're going to do. Let's just, like, go through this weekend, be alone together, figure it out. And Mario's like, no, no, I just want to go to the Hamptons by myself, to the Hamptons by myself, like, don't come. So Ramona's like, you know what, I'm going to go anyway. Right. <laughs> and... um I, I appreciate someone who just shows up as a party that they're not invited to. Not even not invited to, but, like, specifically not wanted at. <laughs> yeah, I, you know. She doesn't let that stand in her way. Um, Ramona went, like, I would never, ever want to go anywhere where I wasn't wanted. Oh, I don't care. But, you don't care. Uh, like, but, you know, my thing is, is, like, you know, Steve Harvey, I'm going to quote him. Yes. How many times, that, like, don't ever let a man tell you that he doesn't want you more than once. Oh. Yeah. And I think that that's great advice, and mm-hmm. I give it to girlfriends, because okay. it's so true. Like, if a man tells you he doesn't want you, you can't make him want you. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and someone that's that disrespectful to you. Yeah. In friendship, and as lovers, like, whoever. Yeah. Like, they can go fuck themselves. They can. There are enough people that like you that you don't need to hang out with someone that doesn't. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And also, it's like bad for you emotionally. But she likes being abused emotionally. I mean, I do believe that the man has to like the woman a little more than the woman likes the man. I agree. And the woman has to be a little hotter than the man. And their dynamic is the opposite. And so that's how they got here to a certain degree. Yeah. All right. They were... Okay. So anyway, so Ramona shows up to the Hamptons and she went there to surprise him and he had a woman there. Things escalated is what she says. I'm like, I want to hear like who threw the first punch or like what happened. Things escalated and police were called. (laughs) Classy. I love... Look, that could be a chapter. Like that whole Hamptons thing, like that could be its own chapter and it's like one sentence. All right. It could be its own book. So yeah. Police (laughs) told Mario and the girl to leave. And the girl said, why do we have to leave? We just drove four hours. Now, that Hamptons traffic is a real yeah. son of a gun. So I... I. But are they too classy to get on the train? Really? Go to Penn Station. Get on the train. <laughs> uh, and then eventually Ramona and Avery... So, like, Ramona got Avery super involved in all of this after... Like, they hit it from her for a while. And then... Um, and I think it's like when you have one child, A, that it becomes... A little easier to do that, or people, I don't know. But at this point, Avery's in college, but Verona and Avery gave Mary an ultimatum to cut off all ties with the woman or to lose his family. Now, what, do you, how, what are your thoughts on blackmailing your husband by using your children? Blackmailing your husband to be with you <laughs> by 
telling your children that they'll take away their love from him? What do you think about that as a parenting I think it's a bit move. sick. <laughs> um, I, but it, and what I, fi- I find interesting yeah. is that she wants to repeat the cycle of her childhood for mm, her daughter. Interesting. Oh my God. Right? Yeah. Is that like, and most people, the majority of people that have a difficult childhood, I think you're <clears throat> the same. I'm similar. Yeah. I don't want that for my child. Mm-hmm. Like I want her to be like a normal adult. Yeah. You know? And so that's what I found particularly sick. Yeah. You know, and then she's putting it on television to broadcast it to the world, just in case. Because a- they should just have in their- case Avery heals her wounds, <laughs> <laughs> she can go back and relive it. Oh my god! And she already has to live it in the press while it was happening anyway. Ugh. Yeah. Ramona says she went on the show to help Mario's business. She's. <laughs> I don't see her ever trying to help anyone else in business. And she encouraged him. This is how long ago this like the show started. She was encouraging. She's like, everything's going on the internet. You got to make a website. <laughs> and it sounds like he was like, no, you don't. Which is funny because I, like, I thought computers were a trend. Like, in, like I never. <laughs> I, I never, love that like, you're friends with me, and that's like what I do for a living. Um, I had to pay someone a hundred dollars to come set up my printer. A hundred dollars? Well, I had him do some other things too. Recently? Recently. Do you want a job? <laughs> it goes out through I, the Wi-Fi. It's not. It was that, a wireless printer, right? That's, Jake. Jake tried to do it. He couldn't do it. It just has to be on the same network. I'm telling you, this Epson printer from Amazon, guys, is wireless. It's the one that's two hundred fifty dollars. It it prints when it fucking wants to print, and that's it. Well, you just take your phone and send it. I can't deal with it. Okay, next All right. thing. All right, Ramona says. Okay, wait, wait, wait. So, so she keeps going. Maybe like thirteen times she mentions about like how his shitty his business is and how it's struggling and struggling. I just and struggling can't figure out why the marriage struggling. did not work. And I'm like, okay. And she says, for it's his business struggled for so long that it just chipped away to self esteem. I'm like, are we sure that wasn't you? <laughs> exactly. I'm like, so what do you think about when? Do you think it is difficult for marriages to do well or to last when the woman is way more successful than the man is? Do you think that I think it it shouldn't matter, but I do think that that I think that's one of the reasons that a lot of housewives marriages don't work. Like I think it's hard to have like you're the the businessman, the whatever you're the kind of the cel- more celebrated, the peacock, the more celebrated partner in the community or socially, whatever. Right. And then your wife gets on the show and like now she's getting flown to New York to do watch what happens live. And you know, you're eating at a restaurant and everyone's coming up to her and just like your partner all of a sudden, especially overnight becoming just more celebrated and more successful. I think that a lot of the men struggle for that, struggle with that. And it's like a lot of the marriages on housewives you see are like super traditional where it's more like, the man is more the breadwinner than the woman is. I mean, there's there are some examples that well, are not that way. Men but, make <clears throat> more money than women. So do you think that that... Generally, yes. But, like, do you think that that no, is... No, the math doesn't lie on that. I know, but I'm saying, what do you yeah. think when... Do you think it will could hurt a marriage when the wife is more successful than the man? It did, Yes. Because uh, of men's delicate egos? Yeah, and I think when you get into a place in business where, like, you're doing well, you have you have to have an ego. Yeah, about yeah, yeah, what yeah. You do, and it's very difficult to not bring that home mm-hmm. to a certain degree. 
Um, now, if you're equally yoked and you both have an ego, eh, I think it's fine. What does that mean, yoked? Like, it's mm. from the Bible. You probably wrote your eyes, but like... <laughs> But they talk about mm. how people essentially need to be, like, equally yoked, which means, like, the yolks are, like, the same size, the same, like, they're they're just as good. Both eggs are just as good as each other, I guess, would be how I would. So you and your husband need to be just as good as each other? Yeah, essentially. Like, mm. the concept. And, like, it doesn't have to be in, like, income producing, but, like, you can't have someone that's, like, not so smart with someone that's... Like, we have this in Orange County, like, the trophy wife. Mm-hmm. And, like... It's that... not easy being one, but I do. <laughs> <laughs> but, like... No, but, like, the struggle is real, right? But, like, you know, if you've got someone that's, like, reads and, like, pretty smart... Yeah, or yeah. someone that can barely construct an English sentence, mm-hmm. that's not a lifetime of love. Oh, yeah. I had this girl do my hair, and she was maybe, like, 23, and her boyfriend was, like, 55. And he was, like... She was an old 23 and he was young 55, whatever. They were a right. attractive That's looking what they couple. Always yeah, yeah. Say. No, but I mean I'm, I'm saying physically. It yeah, but, but she, he's still but got the, like like wrinkly balls like at 50? Yeah. Huh. You think? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't been with a But I would talk to her and she just didn't know what anything was. You know, like I, right. I was like, "Oh yeah," and then this Woody Allen movie, she's like, "Who's Woody Allen?" Oh, and I'm geez. like, Oh my god! Which that's fine. I could maybe see how someone who's like in their early twenties right now wouldn't know who he is. My my thought went to like, how does he fucking talk to her? Because they there's just no cultural reference that like she doesn't know what in it. Like it's about talking. talking. It's just me. How are they playing Scrabble together, Alex? (laughs) I mean, she doesn't have the vocab for it. I don't know. And can she spell? Uh I mean, but she just doesn't like. It was hard to, like, I was having trouble talking to her. I'm not that much older than her because, just, not, she's a really nice person, but just because, like, she just didn't understand anything I was talking about. Like, she doesn't know who Luke Perry is. Like, she doesn't know. What? She doesn't know who people yeah. are. May he rest in peace. Oh, man. He was my, like, crush on 90210. Oh, like, really? I yeah. loved Brandon. Brandon was a nice guy. And my husband thought he was a Dylan, but he is a Brandon. Yeah, he's a Brandon. He's a Brandon. I can just see him working at the Peach Fit. Just slip right in there. Um, okay, so the other thing that I think is that Mario is a good-looking guy, as you have mentioned, and he's on TV. And when women, you know, you got to keep your husband hidden. When women, <laughs> you have a cute husband, we don't need to be parading him around on national television. So of course, there's going to be women that are going to be um, emailing him, reaching out on Facebook, messaging him. Of course, of course. Of course. So I wonder too if like the combination of having a wife who's more fiscally uh, successful than you are, also now that she's like famous and getting all this attention, and then on the side you're getting all this attention from women who would like love to be with you and lo- you know that you that yeah. to them you're you're the star. You're getting treated like the star where you're kind of like hold my bag. I'm on the red carpet. It's kind of like. I could see how that could be, I'm not saying that's right, but I could see how that could be enticing to someone who feels maybe like they're on the back burner of their, yeah, and and your wife keeps telling you, you know, your business sucks, you're you're failing, you don't need a website, no, I'm just kidding. No, yeah. But Um, I wonder like how much, like, because even a lot of men have said that, they just get reached out to, like Apollo from Atlanta, 
you know, that woman but reach he, out. Um, well, he's really attractive. He looks he's super very, attractive. But, yeah. We're only human. <laughs> yeah. That, and that whole dynamic. Is I, a whole different. Yeah. We, 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 the last two episodes were all about that. But, um, but who, are you, okay, is anyone reaching out to Joe Giudici? I hope not. There maybe some Italian. Maybe we can find a nice Italian way. But he's so short. Did you see? Oh my You're god! You're taller than him. No, I'm not. Teresa's really tall. Oh. So like, I actually looked at this whole research project of like how tall the Joes were, and they're not that short at all. Like, because Teresa's actually really tall. She's like five. Seven uh, or five she's eight. She's like the beautiful Italian, tall and skinny. Yeah, and because I always I thought, feel so sorry for. Her. I thought Teresa was tall, was short. But, um, wait, so, you know, now what happened with Joe Giudici, right? So he got out of jail, and then ICE took him to deport him, but then he appealed, like, you know, it was trying to stay in the country, but then it got denied, so he does have to be deported. So now um, there's, like, a moveon.org petition going around to, like, sign it to, like, you know, ask Trump to keep Joe Giudici in the country. Do understand (laughs) what he did? That he, like, like, there's the tax evasion. Yeah. There's also like lying to the DMV. There's a lot of stuff. I mean, I think it's a complete. I'm sad for the kids, and I'm sad for any time I see a family being broken up. But I think it is completely fair. And if it's what we're going to do with other, like, yeah, it is what it is. Like this if is what you vote. This is what was, they vote. They, let's you know, not get too political. Let's not get too political. But but no, this is the, this is not not political. What I was going to say. So basically, there's a petition going around for people to sign whatever. So I won't be somebody. So I'll send it to you. No, I'm just kidding. So somebody wrote like, oh, really? Where were you when all the families were being separated at the border? Like you didn't seem to want to keep, because they said like keep family, our family together. Right. And then she wrote back and what did she write? She wrote back like, I never said all, I never said all families matter, but like she forgot, how did she forgot the comma? So it sounded like I never said all families matter. Like that's how. Jesus. I. I got nothing. I don't know. But I know, but like she didn't mean it. I think she meant it like I... I just don't understand because Andy Cohen is so brilliant and he's very articulate. Yes. How he surrounds himself with these Well, he doesn't jokes. really hang out with these people. Like, I, mean, I read all of his books and I'll review them on this podcast too, but like he hangs out with Sarah Jessica Parker and he hangs I out with the guy who owns the Palm. Like he, you know, this is not like his like real friends. And like Carol Radzowell was like a real friend. Like... He hangs yeah. out with a little of a, you know. Uh, uh, but I think he finds these people fascinating and entertaining. They are fascinating. And they are fascinating and entertaining. I mean. Did he major in anthropology? No. Um, no, but he actually talked about this, and I thought it was really true, about he's like, I'm, I'm fascinated by people. I'm fascinated by sociology, and I just think, like, this is what it all is, like a socio- sociological experiment. And, and he treats it like an anthropologic study. Oh, before we leave, I have to give you the book, Primates of Park Avenue, that is about, an anthropologist wrote Wednesday Martin. Okay, guys, this is a really, really good book. It's called Primates of Park Avenue, and it's all about the Upper East Side, right where these women live. And this uh, woman moves there, and it's all about, like, it's a nonfiction about her adopting to it. And it is a great, juicy read if you, like, want to know all about this world where the New York housewives kind of exist and all the hotspots and bars and the finance and all that. And I like lived kind of like a J I was adjacent to that world because I, my husband worked in finance and I lived on the Upper East Side, but I was like the poor 20, you, you know, like in the seventies. Um, I was in the eighties. Oh, okay. Uh, I was always curious about what happened when they're divorced because Ramona seemed to get the Hamptons house and the apartment in New York. And I'm like, 
what what kind of divorce is this? Well, Any closing feelings about life on the Ramona coaster before you go get your baby checked out? Oh my lord. Um, you know, I was. Do you recommend I, this book? I don't know. I I felt like it was just. I felt like it was excuses for her behavior. Okay. Um, I understand her better now, but I also feel like, you know, go see a therapist, work through this nonsense. Maybe writing this book was a bit cathartic. Did or... she? I don't remember her ever mentioning anything about seeing a therapist herself. She probably doesn't believe in therapy. Interesting. Okay. I, I mean, th- I could see her not believing in therapy. Mm-hmm. And I... I don't know. I I just really felt like it shed light on how selfish she is as a human being. <laughs> like, no, I'm serious. Mm-hmm. And it, it, I I do understand her better though. Okay. So, so if you're looking to make sense of her, like crazy, <laughs> I like need Sonia Morgan's book. I uh, feel like that's where I want to be. I would. That is a book. Yeah. Now, Sonia Morgan, write a book. Tell us about updos and toaster ovens and Gisa. We want to know about. Hanging out with John John and being on the the, the Diddy came on your boat. I want yeah, like, and show us all those pictures. I want to see it all. But really quick, so I think I disagree. I think this was an amazing book. I read it in like forty eight hours or maybe seventy two hours. Um, it really did give me a great understanding into Ramona, and I did have actually a lot of compassion for her. And it's really like the first, the beginning of the book of like the abuse, and she goes way into more detail with it. Is really sad, and it made me really understand why she's so like. I like making my own money. I find that an aphrodisiac and how important that is for her to do that. Oh, but the other thing I wanted to say, she always has to put someone down. So, you know, if you want to, I think I have respect for any person, especially woman who goes out there and becomes a self-made millionaire, builds businesses as an entrepreneur. I think that is amazing. Oh, so you respect Bethany Frankel? Me too. Yeah. (laughs) No, but at the same time, like, I, to me, feminism is not putting other women down for their choices. So, like, if somebody else wants to stay home and raise their kids and you want to have eight businesses, like, I don't get to judge you for having eight businesses and you don't but, get to judge me for my life. Like, so everything she she keeps making comments, like, some women like to go to charity lunches. Huh, not me. I like to start businesses. It's like, okay, we don't have to tear someone else down to build you up. What you did and what you've done is a st- stands alone on its own and it's admirable, but she always has to, like take that dig at someone else or belittle what someone else is doing. And it's like, you shouldn't be worried about what other people are doing. You should be so focused on, you know, your success and like building. And she's like, Oh, you don't support other women to Bethany. And I'm like, I mean, I don't know if Bethany, that's neither here nor there, but I don't think that's like pot calling the kettle black. Like Ramona definitely doesn't support other women because I mean, I don't know if I, that's a true, a completely true statement, but to be supportive of other women, you can't be putting down what they're doing. Raising money for charity is also a great thing that I admire, and I think that is a great way to use your time. Yeah, it's productive for sure. Um, Helping people is, you know. I feel like she says that because that was never a viable option for her. She really only had the option of starting businesses, being successful. Yeah. And I think there's part of her that would have really enjoyed having a stable family. And I think she puts up a... Creating f- one or... Both. Being from one. Being from one. And yeah. No, no, no. Like, have it creating one and, like, being a part of that and, like, having it be healthy, stable, happy. Yeah. I think there's part of her that really desired that. Yeah. Um, but felt that she couldn't pursue that path. 
because of like where she came from yeah, and yeah. her financial means. Yeah. Um, which to an element is true. Yeah. And so because she couldn't attain that, everyone that seeks that out has to be dismissed or demeaned. Yes. Okay. Because that's how she seems to approach relationships with other people mm-hmm. from what I've seen. Yeah. You know, and that's just my opinion, I suppose. Well, that's what we're here for, to hear your opinion. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. Do you want anyone to follow you on Instagram or anything, or you don't? No, I'm no. private okay, Nobody, Instagram. if you want to follow Alex, then sorry. <laughs> if you want to follow me, you can follow me on Instagram at ghostwriter underscore podcast. Um, you know, I looked on there, and I have a lot of people listening to this podcast, but I don't have a lot of five-star reviews <laughs> And I'm not good at math, but it feels like some of you aren't giving me a five-star review. And I just, that would really help me, guys, okay? Oh, my God. And um, what else? Oh, and Alex told me that she's like, I've got nothing but time when I invited her to brunch last week. And if she has nothing but time, then why hasn't she written me a review on iTunes? Subtle. Subtle. What are you doing? Okay. So we're just going to shame her. And the last thing is, I got the best book for next week. I am so excited about it. It is so good that I think I'm going to have to do, like, two episodes. Um, Southern Charm is coming back. Oh. <laughs> um, so I got The Art of Southern Charm by Patricia Ashel. I don't know how to say her last name. Ashel? I don't know. I know who you're talking Whatever. about. Whatever. It is She's such a good book. Jake and I were reading it together last night <laughs> at dinner before things went south. But thank you guys so much for listening. Bye. Bye.